the award-winning Crunch Time. Looping handball over to Humphrey. Flicks it up and couldn't find, Mc, uh, couldn't find Lukosius. Humphrey gets it back. Now finds McPherson straight in front from the arc of 50 right down the middle. The running shot at goal from Darcy McPherson. His first goal of the season and might be the sealer in this game for the Gold Coast Suns. Top of the square, almost to Mark to Johnson. Elliot there for crumbs. Found pretty quickly after he found it. Ball squeezed out. Nick Dacos shrugs one tackle. Somehow gets a snap away. Oh, you just can't keep doing things that defy all logic. Collingwood left nothing to chance at the MCG, culling any faint finals hopes Fremantle had with a resounding 15th win for the season. And yep, you guessed it. Nick Dacos ran wild again as the Dockers count the cost of more injuries and a wasted year on the Gold Coast. Stephen King's med made St Kilda look second rate. And if you thought Cuddly Ross was here to stay, well, you were wrong. His, po his post-match press conference, a blast from the past in more ways than one. And it links up with Cameron now. Burst through 50. Sends it goalward. This would be something! Oh, what about that? The exclamation point from Jeremy Cameron on a big Geelong win at home. Lloyd, and all by himself is Pay. Pay had it, lost it. Will he rush his work? No, he puts it through the middle. No. It's Riccardi or Lloyd? Lloyd, I, Lloyd, I think it is. All sleep. by himself. That's the game. That's the season. They're a genuine chance. That's a goal. Well, they're in the eight. Giants yep. go in the eight picks. This is not a drill. Geelong is fifth, and Essendon had no answers at Kadinya Park. Their 77-point loss, the biggest in Brad Scott's short tenure. In Adelaide, GWS marched on, overturning a 17-point three-quarter time deficit to silence the faltering Crows. 2v2, ball to ground level. Silvani at the back, gets a look. Bounce the left footer through. He's got three, and they've all been opportunistic. And they are huge in the context of this one. Cripps gets it to Newman, 35 out, eases it right to the line, goal! They'll enjoy it from Nick Newman. Fogarty swoops, kicks inside 50, Acres marks over the top in acres of space as Kerno bang! Into the top tier! <laughs> No Mackay, no worries. Carlton ending Port's 13-game winning streak with Jack Silvani and Jesse Motlop booting eight goals between them. Are the Blues back? We'll discuss this and much more. You're listening to Sunday Crunch Time. A warm welcome to a jam-packed edition of Sunday Crunch Time. Tom Morris, Scott Lucas and Josh Gabalich with you today. A big news show. More revelations out of the Gold Coast. A grim injury update to a dog. And we talk to North assistant coach John Blakey. Plus a recap of what I really reckon was 2023's proper first moving day. Hello, Josh. Hello, Tom. Good to be with you under the lid. Don't know why. We've only got two games this Sunday, but we can talk about that at some point. Why do we have two games? That's a really good point. That's bizarre. The fixture is so congested on a Saturday, Scotty. I would think it has somewhat to do with Thursday night football. But then, to your point, Josh, why would you need to play two games last night? You would prefer to have three space today, wouldn't you, than two last night? Because they went back to back. We were even discussing it yesterday. Why 
have them ha- at least half an hour staggered or a little bit more different when it was in Adelaide, half an hour behind. We've spoken about Nothing a lot of worse time. than having to have one on the screen and one on your phone. It was very, very We've spoken about it a lot of times on the show. Why do games overlap in the AFL? That can't happen for the future, surely. I know. No more Thursday night footy going forward now. We've got through that little block. It's a shame, isn't and it? Why, it's a shame. And I love the Thursday nights. Why is that the case? Why have they determined that now is the week to end? Do we know? Well, it's part of the challenge is, is getting the CBA across the line. Yeah. I mean, this is a negotiation that's ongoing. Well, will we see it in future where we see it Thursday night every week? I don't know at this point. Obviously, there's a lot to play out with five-day breaks and all those bits and pieces. But the fixture it just puzzles me. Yeah, the five-day break is the big one. I, I think players are happy to have five-day yeah. breaks so long as they're not back-to-back, and especially if they're getting more money to do so. But the AFL so far has been, well, unwilling to give clubs more than one five-day break for the season, which means that... We're left without flex, Thursday night yeah, yeah, there's some flex that's lost once everyone's almost played a Thursday night. Scotty, it's good to see you again, but let's get to the snaps. Josh, kick us off. I'm going to go niche, Tom, and I don't apologise for going niche <laughs> with you two this morning. I want to have my Sunday snappers, Oleg Markov. Now, this is a guy that was delisted by the Gold Coast Suns in October, wasn't offered another AFL lifeline until February. Collingwood said no initially. Oscar Steen got that gig. He went to Carlton for one day. They were looking for a replacement for Zach Williams. He got another opportunity at Collingwood. He's played the past 14 games in the latter leaders. And he doesn't look vulnerable right now. He looks like he could play in a team that might go all the way. It's remarkable what this guy's doing. And I just think he deserves a little bit of recognition. Certainly does. Craig McRae been great for him, having had a previous relationship. But I saw quite a bit of that game yesterday. Great snap, Josh, to kick us off. Good snap to kick us off. My snap um, is for a pub in Malvern. That was um, open till midnight on Friday night. I told Josh what the name of this pub was earlier in the week. And uh, Jake Melksham rolls in at midnight after kicking the winning goal for the Demons. And they said, last drinks. And then Jake Melksham rolled in. They said, actually, no. And they stayed open till 2.30am to support Jake Melksham and the Demons, which I think is a fantastic thing to do. It's very Malvern. And uh, I think that's the sort of activity that's required to celebrate what was an unbelievable win by the Demons on Friday night. And I was very happy for Jake Melksham. He's had a difficult time. I know he's had a long career, but he's been out of the team for a while. Um, Clearly, the Essendon drug saga put a real dent on his career for a year or two there as well. But to keep the winning goal on a big stage in a top four game, that was a massive moment. He seems to play more VFL than AFL, but generally each time he's come into the team... He's played well and looked comfortable at the level. Yeah. There might be a spot for him going forward. Do you think there is? Well, it comes with a broader conversation required, doesn't it? I'm sure we'll get into that around the mix of their forward line. But how many multiple goal kickers do they genuinely have in their forward line that trouble the opposition in a sense of matchups? And I reckon he's almost won. He was dangerous, wasn't he? Brisbane are a quality team, quality back line. Yet, he gave them problems, didn't he? Kicked two goals late and in different ways. So, craft in the forward pocket and then contested mark and a set shot. What I loved about Jake Melksham is he had a slow start to the game. He missed a couple of opportunities, but it didn't matter late. And he's clutch in some of those moments. We've seen it in the past and we saw it on Friday night. Yeah, we'll talk about the Ds and the Lions a little bit later on, probably after 12. Now, Scotty, I'd love to get your... Oh, wait, no. I'm getting... No, I'm getting... Wait, I'm getting a snap from Europe. My Sunday snap is Paros. That's where I am. 
the Greek island, not to be confused with Paris. Paros is absolute heaven. I highly recommend getting out of the footy bubble in June, July. If you can, of course, this is my honeymoon. So having an absolute ball, a steady diet of Campari spritz, Saganaki, gyros, you name it, I've eaten it. And um, yep, loving my time here, but looking forward to seeing you guys next week. Go Swans. That's Sarah Ollie mm. in Europe, and she was kind enough to give us that snap. In fact, um, Josh would know as well as I do that uh, we got her at a good time because she's, been, enjoy she's yeah. been enjoying herself over there. I feel like you've set me up for mine now. How can I follow <laughs> up with that? What, have I, what could I pull out and it's pull a rabbit out of the hat? the first international snap we've ever had on Sunday crunch time. Well, I thought mine was a little off-Broadway, but Sarah's far off-Broadway. Yeah. Mine is Giants and Gold Coast, the tie-in together, and I'm sure we'll discuss. Right now, the Giants are 9-8, and eight, percentage off sixth. It's been a very good year for them. Uh, I think they've crept up on us. But Leon Cameron, I don't think we ever thought had was doing a bad job at the time of moving on from them. But they felt a change was needed. He took them to a grand final. Look at the Gold Coast as a cautionary tale. They made a change in coach. I think we underestimated the quality of the list that remained at the Giants. And now we're seeing that talent come through, albeit slightly different game plan, different voice. That can refresh players, which is not a criticism of any previous coach. In looking at that, there's plenty of talent at the Gold Coast. And I think we saw that yesterday and we've seen it at different times. But I think it, it takes a very, very strong and convincing argument to say that a change was not required there. Yeah. And we look at the votes yesterday. It's really interesting. You always know who the coach is off and who they look to bring in. Immediately, we saw Flanders come into the team. Yep. Best on ground. Yep. Elijah Hollands. Hasn't played much football there, comes in. So there you get a sense of perhaps who the coach wasn't in favour of and who we might see in the weeks going forward. But I think there's more talent there than we think. And with the right person steering the ship, uh, they can be in the conversation for the eight without question next year. They're only a game out at the moment, but they're still a fair way off it. I think there's real improvement to be made with the right selection for Gold Coast next year. We'll talk about the Suns a bit later on. They're a very interesting case study at the moment. This is the Saturday wrap for Werribee Isuzu Ute. Upgrade your old Ute into a D-Max now. They are paying top dollar for trade-ins. What were your takeaways from GWS's quite incredible win over the Adelaide Crows, Josh, given that they were 17 points down at three-quarter time away from home? What a phenomenal final quarter. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the Adelaide Crows as a potential finalists this year. They've looked every bit at that across the first 17 rounds. Kicked the last five goals of the game away from home in a game that GWS needed to win to keep in touch with the top eight. They've now won their last five games. I want to talk about Adam Kings a bit more broadly because I think yep. he is firmly in the coach of the year conversation right now. We think of Craig McRae. Ken Hinckley's just you know, had a 13-game winning streak. But where the Giants have come from, they won six games last year. They sacked Leon Cameron. They moved on from Mark McVeigh and that whole coaching panel. This is a completely new-looking football department. To think that they're now nine and eight, they're well and truly in the hunt for September. They started the year slowly, one yep. and three, three and seven. They're now nine and eight. They, they were three and seven, right were they? They were three and seven. So I just think when we think more broadly around Adam Kings and his impact, he's got to, got to be in that conversation. You agree? Yeah, Adam Kingsley, coach of the yeah. year? Well, it, he's in the conversation for the performance. Absolutely. I mean, you look at it, and you're Collingwood and Porter, the obvious two. McRae continues mm. to go with the group. Yeah. And, and Hinckley 
with the scrutiny he's been totally. faced with. It's been an incredible performance. But then you look down and, and most run fairly similar to script. And, and then the first one that jumps up is, is the Giants. So you're quite right. They finished 16th last year. Yeah. Six wins. Yeah. I mean, what they're doing is is remarkable. So can they do some damage in finals? Are they playing the sort of football oh, that can, they can go deep and, let's say, make a prelim maybe? Probably jump the shark there a little bit because yeah. they're ninth on the ladder. They're uh, going to make it first. Yeah, but they're playing some pretty strong football, aren't they? Pretty, pretty stands up the way they go about it. I mean, they one that comes to mind immediately is Geelong at Geelong. Yeah. They beat them down there. Yeah. Toby Green, Lockie Whitfield, all at their best. Himmelberg's goal, who's out of contract when he got a handball from uh, Jesse Hogan as well. Their big names are standing up, Josh. My big one is their back line. I think their back line is in the top four in terms of defence in the competition. If you look at Sam Taylor, I mean, his second half on Taylor Walker yesterday was phenomenal. He was All-Australian last year. He'd be All-Australian this year if he didn't miss eight games with that hamstring. Jack Buckley's been one of the most improved players in the comp. I love Connor Iden and what he does. Lockie Ash is becoming a star as a rebounding defender. And Harry Himmelberg has, has been really good since moving down there. I just think their back line is the cornerstone of what they do. And what's happened to the Crows, Scotty? They'd won eight of their last nine at home. The one loss they'd had in that amazing spell was against Collingwood by a point. So it was a fortress for them. We know they've been struggling away from Adelaide, but even at, at, and at Adelaide, they've been fantastic. But to lose to GWS yesterday, um, it probably just puts them back in their place, doesn't it? We don't quite think that they're yeah. as good as what maybe Sarah Ollie thought they were a few weeks ago, and I will probably agreed with her at the time. You're quite right. They're eight. Look, they're eight and nine. If they're nine and eight, they they're equal as we've said sixth. It just gives credence to the logjam that we have in front of us. That that's about where they are. But they've got a huge issue that it's all at home. So they're not front runners or, or flak trap bullies by any sense. But that's where they're at. They're really hard to beat at home because the Adelaide Oval is a real fortress. It is one ground that has a significant home ground advantage for its teams. But when they go on the road, they struggle because that's about where they're at as a team. They're in that log the Giants. They've now won their last three games against the Crows at the Adelaide Oval. It's, mm-hmm. it's remarkable what they do there. I mean, they just stand up. But my concern with the Crows is, Scotty, they haven't won back-to-back games since round six. How yeah. can a finalist do that? I mean, yeah. we are three months on I, from that. And to add further to that, I would say of all teams they have had the greatest availability of their core players. Very few injuries. Probably alongside Brisbane. Mm. Yeah. So very few injuries yep. in and, that regard. And they've got a difficult run home as well, Josh, with Melbourne next week at the MCG, then a showdown, which could go either way, but still Port Adelaide would expect to be, to win that, even though they didn't win the first one. And then the Brisbane Lions two weeks after that, and Gold Coast as well. They're not exactly playing bottom two or bottom three teams that can no. get them these wins they need well, to play finals. Does it matter if they don't play finals this year? No, it doesn't. Adelaide, and if Adelaide play Melbourne at the G next week, lose next week, you're two games out with five to go. That's a pretty tough bridge to, um, to cover, isn't it? It is. Let's get into St Kilda versus Gold Coast. We just mentioned the Suns there and, uh, and how good the Suns were. It was probably matched on the other side by how poor... The Saints were. Before we discuss it, I want to have a listen to Ross Lyon after the game because this was, me, to me, this was Ross at his absolute uh, forthright best. We spoke about a year of exploration. I just feel when our top flights aren't really going, there, there's not enough quality to step up and take the load off them, um, as harsh as that might be. But, but we just spoke about our offences gradually slipped from 7th to 9th to 12th to... 15th, and we've been the most inefficient team all year, so for 50. So we, we can't hide away from that. Um, 
we need to improve. Otherwise, um, that's going to be hard work. You know, it just it was like we're hitting our head against a brick wall. So all credit to the Gold Coast. I thought the intensity was pretty good. Look, and so we just said to the players, somehow our offense has been totally lost and confused, and or it's unpredictable. I'm not sure what you're going to do. So um, we. we They'll be the focus this week, you know, because Melbourne was a very good performance last week. But again, we didn't execute off opportunities, so...